Welcome to the By the Hood podcast. Before we jump into this episode, just wanted to make you aware that on our website, bythehood.com, we have a free webinar on an intro to the stock market. So please go check it out. Just go to bythehood.com and you'll get the free intro to the stock market webinar. Take it easy and enjoy this episode. What's up, people? Welcome to this episode of the By the Hood podcast or webcast because I don't know how you're consuming this content. I'm your host as always. My name is Jimmy. And as we start off every show, that's with gratitude. Just want to say thank you specifically to all the students in By the Hood University. Um, it's, 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 like I say, every, every podcast is growing and it's going to continue to grow because we have an amazing community of people that are helping each other, you know, move along in terms of real estate, precious metals, cryptocurrency, the stock market, options, the whole nine. Um, just investors and people who are looking to grow a portfolio. So shout out to everybody from Body Hood University. Um, I'm joined by my partner in crime as always, Corey. Corey, what's up, bro? What's poppin'? Everything is good, man. Every day above ground is a good day. So, you know, we, we doing it. Yes, sir. Listen, and as you guys know, our platform is designed to highlight brothers and sisters who are doing amazing work in the community, building businesses and, uh, you know, just doing good work overall. Um, this brother we got coming on now um, is an investor and a business owner. Um, he's doing amazing work, and we want to make sure we highlight him and let him tell his story. He's also going to be joining us on uh, May 29th for those in the area. Um, we have, we're back outside in May. We're doing an event with A. Lee um, and, and, and the folks over there. So make sure you check us out. Um, and Lorenzo is a part of that as well, who's also been on our podcast. Atia, who's been on our podcast, will be a part of that. Tracy, who's been on our podcast, will be a part of that, as well as the Ivy Investor Courtney. So a lot of folks that have... Uh, Alumni of the podcast will be speaking at this event that's coming up. But this brother right here, man, is, is going to tell his story um, and let us know what he's got going on. This is our brother, Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne, what's up, bro? What's going on, fellas? It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, man. How are you, man? Everything good? I'm doing good, man. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. Like I told you guys a little while ago, I, I've been listening to the show for a while. Um, and I'm really happy to see guys like you doing the work that you're doing, highlighting the people that are putting in the work out here because, you know, we hear all the the, the the hard luck stories and all the, the bad things, but you know, you got to give people their flowers for Absolutely. what they're doing out here, man. Y'all done a great job of highlighting that. I appreciate that, bro. Appreciate that, bro. But let's get into your story, man, because you are here doing some amazing work yourself, man. Um, Tell us about your background, where you're from and how'd you come up? Sure, sure. So um, I'm from Philadelphia, born and raised. I, I moved out of the city for the last part of high school, but I was here in Philly majority of my life. I went what to Central High School. I'm from Logan. I'm from oh, Logan. Central High School. Yeah, I went to Central High School. Two uh, what? I, two I was two five eight. Was two five eight. I didn't graduate from there, but I was in two five eight. That's just a quick check, though. I gotta make sure you know. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Me, me and Corey two five four. So uh, yeah, I heard. I heard. I know. Okay. I, I, you hear a lot of the Central people coming through the podcast. Yeah. Um, and anybody that remembers me and my time at Central, they probably tell you I was more in the lunchroom than I was in class. Sound like Corey? Right? Yeah, I was in there playing dominoes. Corey was in the lunchroom playing chess, but y'all sound like y'all had a similar story there. Yeah, Corey, yeah you, muted, you muted, by the way, Corey. But yeah, man, so, but yeah, uh, what'd you say, Corey? Yeah. No, I said that I, that, that's, that was my handiwork, too. The, the dominoes? <laughs> yeah, that was my handiwork, too. Yeah, man, between that and um, hanging out in Mario's for no good reason. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, yeah, I was acting up, man. Yeah. So uh, it, that, that, that led to me out of there one time, man. Shout out to my brother, PJ. Truancy got us out of Mario. But oh, that's man, another story, man. Out of there. <laughs> <laughs> that's another story, man. But yeah, so um, so you went to Central. Uh, you said you left, uh, moved that. Yeah, out yeah. Okay. My dad got a job down in Maryland, and it was really, it was a really great thing because I, I needed that restart. 
Um, I was headed down the wrong path. I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't going to class. Um, I wasn't really focused on anything. I, and I look back, I don't think I was really being challenged in the way, or I just wasn't engaged the way that I needed to be engaged. But um, I got down to Maryland and kind of reset. And it was like a, a nice restart. And, um, you know, I, I started playing basketball again and I started getting my grades together and um, ultimately ended up going to college down there as well. I played a little basketball. Um, but uh, that that focus on uh, business really kind of started down there because I started my first business while I was in college, um, which was in like web design. I started a web design company back in college. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of like the, the the quick synopsis of my background um, from, from growing up. Grew up in Logan, moved to Maryland, came back, um, and I started working at the Philadelphia Parking Authority okay. um, in, the, in the IT department. So I handled all the systems and network engineering and all that kind of stuff, the website. Um, which is funny enough, is still up and running the website that I did for them um, okay. plenty of years ago. That's the website that's currently there. Um, so so it's, like yeah. IT, it's like IT and tech. Was that your passion? Or yeah, yeah, definitely, um, definitely would say computers. Anything with technology involvement was definitely my passion. That's what I was interested in. Okay. Um, but what I wanted to do was I wanted to translate that into a business. So while in college, um, it's my first my first business was doing people's homework. Right. So we always had um, we always had these projects. Everybody had everybody had these projects. They had to do these little websites. And I did mine. It was like the greatest thing to them. You know, um, so one person was like, yo, can you just do my website? I'm like, yeah, I can do that. It's going to cost you, though. Next thing you know, you know, I did like 10, 11 websites. I'm like, oh, this, this is a business right here. Right. So um, that translated to me to doing a um, starting a web design company. Uh, so I did the web design company and then I started adding on services like logos and, and then I ultimately started adding infrastructure and um, IT support. Um, and I've been running that business from that started in my dorm room. I've been running it up to this day. So we're coming up on 20 years of that business, which is 215 Media. I've been running 215 Media for almost 20 years now. Oh, man, that's dope. That's, that's, that's a dope story, man. I like that. My first business was doing people's homework. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Hey, listen, that's the, that's the hustle, though. Listen, um, Supply and demand. There you go. There you go. So, <laughs> so how did you get the real estate bug? Where, where did real estate come into play for you? Yeah. So um, more than anything, my passion, like I, I had a passion for IT. I had a passion, but my biggest passion, I would say, was for business. Um, so I always wanted to start various businesses. But what I noticed and what I kept hearing was that, you know, all successful businessmen or, all, or wealthy people, ultimately, they had one thing in common. They all had some real estate investment Um you know, as part of your portfolio. So I knew early on that I wanted to get into real estate, but I didn't know how, right? So I, you know, I, like I mentioned, I came up and I got a job, I got a great paying job and I worked and I worked and I was saving and scraping and saving. Um, but in my mind, I had to have all the money to buy a property. Um, and then, you know, a few opportunities came and went because I didn't know how to act on them. So I actually met, the, um, you know, Janelle Wilson, who I think you you might have, she wasn't on the show. I think you guys have engaged at some point, mm-hmm. um, but she basically put me on, you know, and, you know, she waited till we had our first kid together uh, to vet me and make sure I was 30. But um, <laughs> she, but at the, you know, she's like, all right, I think you're ready. And she, she knew that I had all the, the skills required for, you know, uh, discipline, good financial background and understanding um, all the things that were required. And then she explained to me how you could, you know, actually acquire stuff using credit, using leverage. You didn't have to have $100,000 cash to buy a $100,000 property. You mm-hmm. might need 20000 So I had I had all the things going for me. I had a good understanding of business, discipline, credit. I just didn't understand the real estate part. Once I got the real estate part, it was all downhill from there. Got you, got you. So now um, you decide you want to get into the game. Did you initially start out as wanting to be a buy and hold investor or how did you 
you know, make that transition? Because I know when we, before we came on, you were talking about how you buy and hold. Like your, your thing is buying and hold. Was yeah. it always that way? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I saw the, the I was um, I'm a business management major. So I and I, so I had a background in finance. So I knew right away that like, you know, tax implications of the, the biggest thing, the, the biggest deterrent for me for Flips was the tax implications, you know, getting hit right up front, getting smacked with yep. that capital gains tax. So once I learned about the bird strategy, you know, how you can basically, you know, you buy this property, rehab it, rent it out, you get to keep the property, make money off of it, but still pull out substantial, you know, pockets of cash tax free. I'm like, I was thinking, like, this got to be illegal. There's no way that we can be doing this. Like, not like either it's illegal or they're going to be shutting this down. So let me get in and get mine while it's still available. And I still like five, six years later, I mean, I still feel that way. I'm like, man, it's just like, how is this yo, thing still I, I alive? Love I love that because that's like so silly right there. Like, yo, if this is legal, let me get it now before they shut this thing down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Let me go ahead and get my pot down. Let me this, get my bag. Yeah. It's getting hot, man. It's getting yeah, hot. So <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So, all right. So you get into you get into start using the bird strategy, right? Yeah. Um, how, how was it becoming a landlord? Like, let's talk about so, that. So, so it was it was interesting. My first property I bought was a single family, very simple, like most people do. They start with a, a single family home, and um, you know, went through the rehab. Now, mind you, I was still working at the time, so I wasn't involved in the actual rehab part. So, you know, she was GC in the project for me, but you know, I got to see like how how that process played out. And then at the end to lease it up and I was like, okay, you know, I got a tenant. Cool. They're paying me. And then they actually pay and it was a PHA tenant. So it's like this money is coming oh, okay. automatically every month. Like, I don't think this person had a portion. Like, I don't think they had anything to pay. So every month I had this check coming in and it was just like the most absurd thing to me because I'm still working. <laughs> I still got my, my full-time job. And then I got this like, you know, truly kind of almost passive. It's close to passive as you can get outside yeah. of like, you know, stocks. You know, it's, it's not passive. I don't care what nobody says. You, you still got work to do. You still got, you know, systems to put in place and all that kind of stuff. But to know that somebody's living in a house and they're paying down my mortgage and they're sending me cash every month. It was just like the eye opening situation for me. So yeah. what happened was next was I, um, you know, I, I ended up buying a six unit building. Um, and then six unit, and I know that's a big jump from one unit to six units, but it was just like one of the opportunities that was presented. And you know, John was like, "Yo, you got to do this." And I'm, one thing I say about myself, I'm a great listener. You don't have to like browbeat me into doing mm -hmm. things. If I trust you and I trust your judgment, I'm going to follow you. You know, and, and follow your advice. So she's like, "You know, you got to get this property." And I was like, "Well, that property is 180 grand at the time." And, you know, it's, it's, looking back, it was like the greatest deal ever. But it was 180 grand, six unit, and I already had a tenant in place. Um, so not only was I getting this property that I was going to be putting five more units in while I was carrying the cost of doing the rehabs, a tenant was paying my, my hard money loan for me. Mm -hmm. So it's just like the, the crazy thing about real estate is just so many different ways that you can be creative about your finance and creative about your processes. And it's like, you know, if you really are diligent and study and are creative, um, you know, it's very, I won't say it's, it's not hard to lose. Um, but if you, you can position yourself to win more times than not, that's, that's the key. It's like constantly positioning yourself to be in a winning position and that's requires diligence, education, and just constantly learning. First off, first off, you might be the first person I've seen go from one single family to a six unit. That's a crazy <laughs> leap. Like, I guess that's, that's it. That's a crazy leap. This one. Um, yeah, man. Core, I think you muted again, but yo, also like that idea of, um, you know, 
that's just that's just crazy to me, right? Someone's in the business, but I hear that I'm like, yo, he went from one unit to the next one yeah. to being a six unit yeah, building. He skipped over all the numbers between. Uh, <laughs> 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 well, yeah, it's it's funny, right? But but here's the thing, right? So here's here's the thing. Um, you know, we all see it the the real estate mentoring and the coaching and mm-hmm. the classes and all things that's going on, right? So you you got people on this side that have that feel a way about it being like, all right, it's, it's it can be scammy as. It's uh, predatory and, and all that kind of stuff. But then you got the people over here that say, well, wait a minute. I invested in mentoring or I received mentoring and I can tell you how impactful that is for you. Absolutely. So it can be both. Right. But the key is if you're going to allow somebody to mentor you and, and teach you and all that kind of stuff, you kind of vet, you want to vet them. Don't you yeah. know if that person doesn't have a portfolio, they can't advise me on how to scale to a portfolio mm-hmm. portfolio. So I had that luxury. That was a cheat code, you know, and once, so I'll give you the numbers on that project real quick, but the numbers on it was, you know, it was acquired for 180. Um, maybe oh, put real, 100. I'm thinking about that. Like, so you, you're not going to find that in 2021. So what year was this that you got this? This was like 2000. It's not even that long ago. I think it was like 2017. Yeah, yeah. That's even crazy for 2017. I don't know how you came across that deal, but God bless you. Well, it was one. It actually was listed at 160, and it was such a good deal. I came in at 180 to make sure that I got it. Gotcha. Um, so, so that was like you're not going to find that deal now. I would if you send it my way all day long. If you do, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was a that was the that project was the game changer for me because, and I yeah. didn't understand going in. And it wasn't until I got through the process and saw like, all right, this is all like how it, this is how it's going to end. And I'm coming out with that. Oh no, because this is what I'm about to do for the rest of my life. We can, we can get back to the numbers, but the reason I'm, the reason that's like, that took me back so much is because not, not only is it like scaling up in terms of the number of doors, but you get into commercial space. Once you get past like, you mm-hmm. know, four units, you have a whole set of rules that you have to comply with because you're yeah. talking about moving from residential to commercial. Yeah. So that's why it's like such a huge leap, but that's amazing. Yeah. That and the first four was a salon. Uh, a, a very uh, a very popular profitable salon um, and a uh, long term tenant that's still there to this day. Uh, so yeah, I mean it, it, it was a major jump, but it, it took uh, it was a leap of faith, obviously, because now you're talking about it's one thing to go in and, and you know my first property was like eighteen thousand dollars, you know, so to go from buying an eighteen thousand dollar property to buying a hundred eighty thousand dollar property with a hundred thousand rehab ahead of me, you know, it, it was a leap of faith, but you know. What better time to take that leap of faith than while we're young and, and have this that opportunity to recover? You know, what's mm-hmm. the worst that could happen? I always like, what's the worst that could happen? I have to figure it out. I'm capable of figuring it out. Yeah, I had a mentor tell me one time, like, you know, you, you complain about something. He said, well, did you die? And I'm like, well, damn, that's mm-hmm. strange. Be like, well, what you complaining about? You know, yeah, you, right? <laughs> <laughs> he's just still living. Yeah, yeah. I get the point, though. It's kind of extreme, but I get the point. Yeah, so um, so tell us about the numbers that I see. You said that it was, uh, you know, you said it were asking 160, you put it in for 180, and you said it was a tenant there. So was it was a tenant that was already there, um, the hair salon? Yes, yes, the hair salon okay. was already there operating. So that was that was a big deal. It definitely, I didn't have, again, I, I didn't have anybody, I didn't have a mortgage to pay because it was paid for by this tenant while I'm doing a rehab. So that was a blessing in itself. Now, was this listed on a, the multiple listing service or like came off, off market? Yep, this this came through MLS, and I, I had my aunt. I had my aunt. My aunt was a real estate agent, so that was cool. She got to make a couple dollars off of the project too. Oh, everybody um, eats. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, one hundred eighty. I put in maybe a hundred grand, mm-hmm. and um, after it was all said and done, it appraised for four hundred and fifty. Man, um, talk about building so, wealth. You, you just yeah. you just added six figures to your net worth, like you know, just in that one project. 
Nah, like that was the one where I was looking over my shoulder, like, nah, we ain't do something right. Like, <laughs> something, <laughs> nah, nah, the fans about to come. The fans about to rush. Hold up. <laughs> no, this is important. It's important to have this conversation for the folks that are listening that may have never tried this before, understand this before. That, like, you know, there are ways out there to really get to it, and you're doing good work because now you're providing a quality experience for your tenants. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, so you're, you're you're having an impact and making income at the same time, and it is possible to do. Yeah, it, for sure. And, and then, like, and mind you, like, I'm still working at this time. I'm still working my full time job, clocking in, clocking out. And on this, like, you know, when uh when it was all said and done, and I refinanced and I pulled the cash out, I left work. I said, Yo, I'm going to lunch. I went to lunch and went to a closing and picked up a hundred thousand dollar check. Oh, that's, a, that's a nice one. Look, you know, I, you know I was looking at everybody sideways and I got back to work. Like, yeah, you like to. Watch your mouth, man. He <laughs> <laughs> was daring him to do something. Like, so yeah, cool. man. So, it, so that was um, that was the that was the like, man. All right, I'm I'm all in. And, and but the major the major thing was I didn't take that hundred k and go buy a car. I didn't mm-hmm. take that hundred k and go buy. I ain't run up in Gucci. I ain't do yeah. nothing crazy with it. That money, I constantly just kept pumping that money back into the business and back into investing. And I stayed at work and I shut my mouth and I tried to be humble and low key. And um, I, I kept grinding and I I, I I kept working up until 2018 while I was scaling this business up. Business up. Yeah. Um, and and that's another thing. You know, people they don't like deferred uh, gratification delayed gratification like that you know but it's a major component of this business is that this is a snowball business like that that one unit turned to six the six turned to 12 12 on up yeah you know it didn't happen overnight you know it was just a constant everyday check-in that's interesting right so you were focused you had the discipline was that something that was instilled in you like so did you have any any one of your parents that were investors or where did that come about it just come from like your experience in reading or something or was it like something that your parents well, so my, my parents didn't necessarily instill that part of, into me as far as like the, the financial discipline. But I will say um, one of the pivotal moments for me was uh, my father. And I was going to mention later, my father gave me the book, The Richest Man in Babylon. Oh, um, George Watson. Yeah. So he gave me that when I was like 12 or 13. I don't even think he realized how big a deal that was going to be. I didn't know how big a deal. But just listen, it made so much sense to me. And I, I recommend anybody of any level read that book. Um, it's a simple, short read. But the tenets of it are so um so important in life and i started implementing even though i didn't have any money at the time i started implementing some of the behaviors and the the beliefs of that book into how i i move so that when i did get money i behaved like a person that always had money not like somebody that just got it you know Mm -hmm. so that was so that i would say that was the start of it and then i've always had a hunger like i've probably read every book there is on you know productivity Uh, i'm constantly reading books on productivity i was listening to podcasts before Mm -hmm. podcasts were podcasts Gotcha. Um, you know, so I've always had a hunger for further education and, and not just learning the same thing. I want to learn, oh, uh, what does Jimmy know about mm-hmm. it? Like, how, how is he doing his? Like, what, mm-hmm. what can I take from his? And, you know, so I've constantly been aggregating that information from a variety of sources and just kind of creating my own processes and solutions that work for me. This might be a weird question, but it's just something that came to my mind. Like, so with your IT background, your experience in tech, mm-hmm. how does that help you in real estate if it does at all? Oh, uh, a tremendous amount. Um, so I don't have to like I I can do my own research, right? So like you know when it came time as I as I started scaling up um, my properties and the number of units, I started getting more tenants. You get more tenants, you got more problems, you got more things to track, you got more bills to track. So when I needed to implement a system 
I did it myself. You know, I went and found out, I read up on Buildium, I tied it in to the different programs that I use and I connected it and I find like, so it's, I'm constantly using and uh, all the things that I've done in IT um, and everything I do, honestly. And what is funny, we were a discussion about third level, second and third level thinking, right? Being in the IT field forces you to not be limited to first level thinking. If you come to me with your laptop and say, hey, Dwayne, my laptop's not working. And I open your laptop and I press the power button and say, damn, it's not working. All right, that's all I got for you. You're not going to be happy, right? It's yeah. my job to sit there and I'm going to work on that and I'm going to figure out that problem. So constantly working in that IT field and constantly figuring out problems and solutions, not just for myself or other people, translated directly into this real estate investing thing. Because at the end of the day, it's still customer service. It's still providing solutions. Man, you hear that, Core? He, he just said my, my, yep. one of my favorite bars, man. I say that all the time. Every business, Every business in, is a customer service no matter what business. what business you're in is a customer service business. That is an absolute yep. fact. And um, I'm glad to hear you say that as like a fellow landlord because I, I have this like um, conversation with landlords all the time that um, we're in the customer service business, right? It's not mm -hmm. just about you know, making money and building buildings, you got to provide a quality experience for your tenants. And, and if you do that, it works, works best for you long term. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, so okay, so now you got, you tied in the IT. To that. Let me ask you a question that may help somebody out there who's already an investor, Um, if you don't mind sharing. Like, what are some of the softwares you use in terms of your uh, property management? And do you manage all your own stuff or do you hire a manager? How's that work? Um, so right now I'm managing everything um, in-house um, between myself and, and the people that help me. But um, I would say, I, like I've tried to, in the past, I've tried to hire property management uh, companies to manage my stuff. And uh, I say it all the time. I spent more time managing the property managers than I did the tenants. So it's like, if I'm going to manage a headache, I'm going to at least not pay for the headache, you know? So I brought it in-house. Um, the, the software that I use for property management is Buildium. Buildium is awesome. Um, I use that to allow tenants to submit their requests. They pay their more, uh, they pay their rent through there. So I get a report every month and I can just see automatically who's, um, paid and who's behind. Uh, and the great thing about Buildium, it has add-ons. So I have one other add-on for Buildium, which is called Pay Near Me. Pay Near Me allows my tenants to go to CVS, um, Family Dollar. Um, there's a couple other places they can go to and make their payments in the store if they're, if they're a cash, like they don't have a bank account for whatever reason, or they just, um, I don't want money orders or anything getting mailed to me anymore. I don't want any checks. So if you got to pay cash or anything like that, you can go to these stores, make your payment in the store, CVS, and boom, it'll get sent to me automatically. So that that probably be my biggest one. And then I use another one called Monday.com for project management because I have a variety of businesses. Um, Monday.com allows me to set up different boards for each of my businesses so I can kind of track the tasks that are going on in those businesses. Oh man, appreciate you sharing it. I've never even heard of Monday.com, but I gotta check Monday. that out. Monday.com, all that. It's all yeah, I gotta check, check it out. that out. I use a uh, cozy.co is the one I use okay. it's, you know, to uh you know deal with tenant requests and things of that nature mm -hmm. rents, but it's very similar. But I've definitely yeah. heard Buildium. Buildium is like uh the big boy in the space. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but uh I've never heard of Monday.com. I gotta check Monday.com out. So appreciate yeah, you sharing it. Yeah, no problem. And I've been through, uh, I'm like, a, like I said, I'm a big productivity guy. So I've been through and used a lot of the different uh, to-do list type platforms and project management platforms. I would say Monday is probably the most intuitive that I've used. Today. Okay. Okay. So listen, you mentioned, um, you already mentioned one book, which was The Richest Man in Babylon, but you, you know, it sounds like you're, you're a self-help guy. You love self-help stuff. So yeah. here's my question to you. Um, give us a couple books that inspired you along your journey. Um, outside of Richard, we already got Richest Man in Babylon. Yeah, it was maybe two more. So we have a total of three. Yeah, yeah. So I'm th there are two popular game. ones. Two popular ones. The four hour work week was a game changer for me. Tim Ferriss. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, just hearing about how 
he kind of weeds out the nonsense. Like we get so focused, you know, it's a difference between being busy and being productive. You hear that all the time. So a lot of us will go through an eight hour day working, grinding, grinding. At the end of the day, say, I don't think I really accomplished anything that I set out to do, anything of importance anyway. I got a bunch of stuff done, but it wasn't relevant stuff. So as you, um, I constantly find myself, um, you know, following the tenets of that book. You know, when I start my day off, I go into my inbox, I get into what I call the three or four Ds, I one, but I get in, I start, first thing I start, I start deleting stuff. I start delegating stuff, delaying stuff. And if all that fails, then I, right, I got to do it. But if I can get through those three things, then it's going to eliminate probably 50% of my inbox out the, more, out the gate. If I can delete, delay, delegate, that gets me started. And then if not, I'll do it. So, and, and I kind of got that mindset from um, the four hour work week with Tim Ferriss. Okay. Yeah, we'll it's awesome give us one more. So you yeah, got, um, we just been in Babylon. We got four hour work. We give us one more. That's you know one of your favorite. You know, I hate to throw out the, the, the like the popular ones, but they're 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 popular for a reason. Um, thinking grow, thinking grow rich, um, because oh, yeah. more important, probably the the biggest um, thing for anybody that's going to be successful in any business, whether it's real estate, IT, whatever, is mindset. Like. I, you hear people all the time say, you know, anybody can do a start a business. Anybody can run a business. But I mean, I, I hate to say it, it's not true. Not everybody is meant to run a business. And it's not a derogatory thing, but not everybody has the same desires or mindset. Some people are like at five o'clock, they want to pull the plug and go home. Boom. I don't get to do that. At any given time, my phone can go off. At any given time of night, I could be working at 11 o'clock one night. I could be up at 4 a.m. next. That's just the life I choose. So if you're not built for that, it's not meant for you. But it's like, the mindset thing and, and think and grow, which is just a great mindset book. Um, and, and so I would say that those are probably the two I would throw out there. Okay, man. Appreciate that, man. Appreciate yeah. that. That's some good stuff, man. Um, another question I have for you. So you, you've, you've scaled up, you've built this amazing business. You have multiple businesses, right? You still have your, mm-hmm. your web design business and you know, um, you have yeah. other businesses. What has been your biggest hurdle from like, you know, starting out as someone who, you know, worked in it, you know, follow the traditional path um mm-hmm. and now you're building wealth and creating jobs for other people and businesses like what was the biggest hurdle that you had to overcome um so i think the the biggest hurdle for me and i and i hear a lot of people say this is don't like it's really myself um because you're when you first start off with entrepreneurial efforts and all that kind of stuff you're used to being the lone wolf in, in the beginning anyway you know you're so used to doing things on your own and having to figure out things on your own and once you start scaling, there's still only one you. There's only one you. There's only so many hours in the day. So I've always struggled with the delegation part of um, business, uh, trusting other people, um, learning what's worth my time and what I should be passing off to the next person. That's always been my biggest internal struggle. Um, it's something I still deal with to this day. I'm, I'm getting better at it. Uh, but it, the earlier in the process that you can get better at building teams and trusting people and building processes so that you can kind of clone yourself and what you know to other people i think that's probably going to be a, a big asset to you mm-hmm. um and if i think one other i would say i won't call it a, a bird a burden or a hurdle but more of a challenge is being the father of three kids um because at the end of the day none of this stuff matters to me if it's not benefiting them so you know you got all these things pulling at you you know you got you got tenants pulling at you, you got customers pulling at you um things that need to be done but guess who's pulling at you too is your kids, right? And guess who's going to win? For me anyway, it's going to be my kids. So I won't call it a hurdle. It's a blessing, but it's also a challenge being a, you know, a father. Understood, man. Thank you for sharing that, man. And yeah, man, listen. Say, father of three to father of three. Yeah, <laughs> that resonated with me was that whole delegation piece. 
Because that's something that I still struggle with. I've been in business for multiple decades. I still struggle with that. Like, it's, and it's probably going to be like a lifelong struggle. But yeah. you got to get over it and figure it out. Like, um, if you a doer, delegation get doers. Delegation is hard for doers. Yeah, <laughs> like, definitely. Yeah, it's funny because like, like Malik, I talk to Malik all the time. Malik says, "Why are you doing that, man? Go hire a VA." I'm like, "No, I don't want to." He's like, "No, man." He said, "You shouldn't be doing that. You should just go go get you a VA." He like, I'm like, you know, but that's something I struggle with. But guess what? It's work hiring a VA, right? And yeah. It, gets, it, it takes a, you got to, it's like, all right, do I take this time? The amount of time it's going to take me to train somebody else, that's where the hang up becomes. The amount of time to train people on what I already know, it's a significant amount. But if you're going to continue to scale, you kind of got to eat that and say, all right, I'm going to sit down and make this happen. So I, I lecture myself about that like every day. Yeah. It's a constant fight with me too, bro. It's like you, you're fighting with yourself, but you know. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, oh, man, your your story is amazing, man. And I, I love I love to see uh you know uh, uh, fellow lancers, man. You was there, you was there long enough. You a lancer, man. I don't a little bit. Yeah. You 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 remember your number and you go with your number. So you are a fellow lancer, yeah. man. So here, so I, still, I still play with the bulls that played at the time. You know, my, my you know my my guy family was there with me. They know I was, I was there. I can't say I was matriculating, but I was there. <laughs> <laughs> you was there long enough, bro. You was there long enough. But um, so uh, Corey, you got any questions for the brother, man? Yeah, so you you said you um like trying to, to build systems and things of that nature. So and, and you said your IT background helps with that. But mm-hmm. where did you develop the the uh, I don't know like the the wherewithal to 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 combine the the things that you got going on? Okay. Um. Well, so you know most people start off one thing and that's the thing that they're inherently going to remain no matter what they pivot off into so it is working at it i I was forced to apply processes to so many different fields i worked with schools i worked with churches i worked for the the parking authority um so the fact that i constantly saw how software can solve problems and in my mind i can always solve any problem with some kind of software or or technology so inherently i'm going to try to solve almost any problem with some sort of technology so it, it, it it's always worked out okay that that's yeah. that's love well, you yeah. sound like a real a guy that's really really into tech right and this is <laughs> this is my my nerd question but i love technology too and there's a lot of buzzwords in technology right now you, you hear blockchain ai um vr mm-hmm. all these different acronyms and things nft nft yeah. what, what excites you the most within the space of technology what, what is exciting you like when you think about the future and you see happening what, what gives you excitement is someone with an um, IT background, I mean, I mean, it's been going as well. It's it's no longer in its infancy, but AI, right? So we're still talking about just how artificial intelligence is going to change everything. You know, the number of things that we can accomplish now. Um, I, I was just watching on Instagram today where we talked about um, there was police. They sent in a robotic dog to track down um, a gunman. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to see more. Obviously, you got your Teslas and the electronic cars, and, and you see how they're they're capable of making decisions like faster than a human can. Yeah. So there's going to be AI implementations in everything that we're going to do. There's no way around it. Um, and th- I would say that probably be the thing that most excites me about the potential of what can be done with technology. Right. So you probably sitting there trying to figure out how to implement AI in the real estate now, right? I mean, <laughs> if I can get somebody to create a, a robot to answer these tenant calls, we in business. We got Listen. Listen. These people burn me out. I know they customers, right? It's still customer service, but they still mm-hmm. burn me out. <laughs> all right so listen man um you shared your story which is amazing man and we love what you're doing man but let me ask you this question this is the last question i have for you like in terms of in the future moving towards the future 
what is something that um you know you want to work on maybe a different business or maybe something you want to improve within your business what's the future hold for you and your business okay so i would say for my for as far as the real estate i'm still going to be focusing on i've started a couple other businesses outside of that but as far as real estate i want to change my um my investment model right so like like most of us we all start off doing single families and duplexes and triplexes um and there's a lot of rehab involved in that like you know doing the rehab process is where you build up your equity and your sweat equity and all that kind of stuff and that's where you get a lot of the gains but now I'm really uh, I'm kind of over the, the rehab process and I want to do more acquisition of um, things that I can improve, you know, um, value improve on, on properties. So like this past year, um, during COVID, I acquired an eight unit building um, that was already occupied partially. There was like three units that needed to be filled in. I'd rather do that now as opposed to be doing demo and, and dealing with contractors because uh, that's another, you know, dealing with contractors is an art in itself. And it's not an art that I like to practice. So <laughs> I rather, yeah, um, I, I really like to or watch that show. No, I have a, uh, or follows me on social media. No, I have a, uh, a hate, hate relationship with contractors. Contractors. Gray hair is more than tennis will. Um, and so, so you, hear, you hear, he said it, Corey. That's not me. He said the same thing. I said. <laughs> that's, that's one of the a lot reasons. Of people, a lot of people complain about tenants. I'm like, yo, my tenants are amazing. It's the yeah. contract that I hate. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why I don't do rehabs. Like I, I buy and I move them joints. Like I, yeah. I, I have, I have some, you know, some properties that I hold for for tax purposes. But for the most part, them joints got to move. Yeah, <laughs> I, listen, I, listen. I don't don't think it hasn't crossed my mind. Like man, if I just sold that, I could have got my bread. I ain't got to deal with that person. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, trust me, I understand. I definitely understand where you're, where you're coming from. But that's why, like I said, I, I, if I can get around not having to deal with the contractors as much, I mean, I, and I, don't get me wrong, not every contractor, I'm not talking about every single contractor, but just there's enough of them to give good yeah, contractors yeah. bad names. Yeah. Um, so I'm my, doing my, that. My advice, anytime we get to that conversation, I tell people, look, there's, there's room if you have those that skill set and you're good and you're, you're a person of your word, you can make a lot of money because sure. it's a lot of trash out there. So it's opportunity, you know? Yeah, man, it's, it's it's much needed, man. I, and I, I, I mean, I have a good like crew working with me now, guys that I can call on a lot. But you had to go through so much to get them. That's yeah. the toughest, and that's the part that a lot of forces a lot of people out of it because I've, I've had the the contractors run off with money, almost take me out of my zone, you know, and and, mm-hmm. and want to do stuff that I wasn't, you know, that I ain't supposed to be doing. Yeah. Um, we all been there, or they I, just don't show. They leave you hanging. So. You know, if, if like you said, if you got somebody that has that skill but can also marry good business, because a lot of contractors aren't good businessmen. So if you got somebody that's contractor that can learn how to be a good businessman, so they you a pre- you preaching right now, bro. You preaching <laughs> right now because a lot of like a lot of them like I've I've met people that are excellent in their craft, but mm-hmm. what you just said is that the part they're not good businessmen, right? right. So then you will find someone who's a good businessman, but their work is tra- their work is trash, right? <laughs> so you got to. Yeah, you know. it, it's an interesting thing when you ask a lot of like ask a lot of the contractors that work for you. You have I have contractors that work for me and have worked for people around me. They build all these houses. We we buying all these houses. They watch us build all these houses, and then you ask them where is their property, and they don't have it. And there's a reason why they don't, they're not managing their money right. They don't have the foresight. They don't have the understanding of how to translate their skill, like their skill, which is a, a like I couldn't imagine. It. It's kind of a gift and a curse. Like I'm the least handy person you're ever going to see, right? Mm-hmm. I celebrate the simplest of things. Like if I change the locks, oh, you can't tell me nothing, uh, right? It's like it's like it's a, in my crib. If I just like, yeah. if, I, if I hang a picture on the wall, I'm a, uh, the whole world about to know about it. I fixed the garbage disposal the other day. I almost booked a vacation, man. Like I'm like <laughs> I earned that. <laughs> 
heard that. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so, but it's cool because if I had that skill, guess what I'd be doing? I'd be in my rehabs doing stuff instead of analyzing deals and, and, and working on the business. I'd be in the business. So it, it's a gift and a curse. Um, so, you know, that, that's, that's the key, you know, um, I'm doing that, trying to do the value add stuff. And then I'm also working on syndication. I want to start syndicating now. Cause like I've had a chance to make my life better. I've had a chance to make my family life better. I've acquired wealth. And now I'm in a position where I can take what I've learned, share that with others. And maybe we can, as a community continue, like, like we were talking about earlier, it's amazing to see how many people are investing in our community. Now the conversations that are being had now that never used to be had. Um, so I want to be able to further that with actual opportunities that I can work with other people on and, and while at the same time taking our, you know, our wealth to the next level. Man, powerful, bro. Powerful, man. And, and, and first of all, before we get out of here, I just want to say thank you for your time and also much continued success, man. Like what you're doing is very powerful, that. man. Absolutely, man. Corey, you got any last words before we get out of here, bro? Yo, just keep keep moving the bar forward, man. Like you really like, you know. I'm I'm watching watching you know the the, the people that come through our show, and, and I'm proud that you know what I mean of the work that y'all do you know what I mean because it makes yeah. all of us it makes everything a little bit better for all of us absolutely sure. absolutely and, and I just want to reiterate man salute to y'all man salute to y'all because y'all highlighting this kind of stuff it it, it gets more exposure to it and it makes more people see that it's possible and that's and that's what we need we need more of this. And the less of the negativity that's constantly put in front of us every day. Appreciate that, bro. Appreciate that. Appreciate man. And for the folks watching, listen, all of us will be live and live in action May 29th. Um, you know, telling our stories and, and sharing information with the folks. So I'll put the link to uh that event within the description as well as the show notes. I'm also gonna put the link um, you know, to all Dwayne's social media and everything so you can check out what he's got going on, you know, build with him and, and see him as he continues to grow, you know, in all his businesses. So um, you know, just want to say thank you for your time, bro. Much continued success. And I, I look forward to, you know, sharing the stage with you as we try to, you know, pour into the folks, man. For sure. For sure. I look forward to meeting you guys in person. Absolutely, man. For the folks out there watching, man, as we always say, it's not about how much money you make. It's about how much you keep. Game elevates and we shall see you guys on the next episode. Peace. Yeah.